Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahdi. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. We take on board reports that cattle and beef price prospects are improving and look at what might lie ahead. ICOS, meanwhile, is calling for a stimulus package for livestock marts, saying closure during COVID-19 restrictions has threatened the viability of the sector across the country. A Tagusk advisory focuses on issues around how farmers comply with the BEAM scheme, the BEEP weighing scheme and related issues. The first ever virtual Cork summer show was held last weekend. We find out how it went. Also, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Media reports this week suggest that cattle and beef price prospects are improving and will continue to do so going forward. It comes amid calls from the IFA on factories to stop driving farmers out of business and give an immediate beef price increase. IFA President Tim Cullinan says the market's clearly improved, yet factories continue to try and hold back prices. ICMSA is in no doubt about the ability of factories to pay more for beef. We'll hear John O'Connor expand on this shortly. ICSA, meanwhile, has described the move by Tesco UK to demand suppliers drop their prices as disgraceful on the back of bumper grocery sales over recent months. ICSA President Edmund Phelan says it's a real slap in the face for beef farmers and clearly demonstrate the necessity of having the major retailers present at the beef task force. Beef farmers cannot produce below the cost of production. So against these warnings comes the sign of price positivity for beef in the agri-press. Farm Talk's John O'Connor is with me to consider at the outset signs that cattle prices continue to improve. Certainly, Barry, but the farm organisations believe there is still huge room for improvement. If we look at supply and demand compared to May 2019, cattle numbers in the country, using board beer figures, show that on May 1st, 2020, the number of male cattle over 12 months of age was 68,000 lower than last year with the number of beef female cattle being 23,000 lower. So at least in terms of uh, supply and demand, the supply has apparently tightened. And in our best markets, the UK, demand has soared reportedly. So beef producers feel they are justified in believing this is not simply a flash in the pan and there are firm grounds for believing prospects are potentially improving sustainably. 
And earlier, data from the Department of Agriculture, official figures on cattle supplies, Ames data, show that beef cattle numbers on farms back on May 1st, 2020, had been down 93,000 head compared to year earlier, 2019. Still, there is big room for price improvement in what we regard as our best market, the UK. Undoubtedly, Barry, definitely. Brendan Golden, IFA Livestock Chairman, points out that the latest UK R3 steer price for the week ended 27th of June was sterling £3.67, pence, equating to €4.27 a kg. This would be £0.47 cents a kg above Irish prices and amounts to a price differential of €170 Euro per head. This is in addition to earlier background data showing cattle prices increased dramatically over the two months of May and June 2020 by the equivalent of almost 40 cent a kg. Finished cattle numbers over coming weeks and months will be tighter, the farm organisations believe. And how has factory demand for cattle been affected by these trends? The feedback is that factories are being less picky on types of animals they'll pay top price for. And the IFA Livestock Chairman, Mr Brendan Golden, reports that agents scouting for factory supplies have been told to, quote, leave nothing behind. ICMSA President Mr Pat McCormack believes there are clear signs supplies are tightening and he welcomes this as good news for primary producers. But Mr McCormack cautions... All of this optimism has to be translated into improved prices. The Turkish market will be looking for 100,000 cattle from EU countries, including Ireland, in August. Buyers from Northern Ireland are reported to be bidding strongly at March in the Republic. When grass growth tapers off, beef producers are faced with the prospect of supplementing their animals' diet with relatively expensive meal feed or keeping animals indoors in sheds. So is there pressure on beef producers to sell fairly soon to stop any margin that they might have being eroded by increased feed costs? Most of the shed cattle would be sold at this stage and the grass cattle are thriving well with no pressure to sell because of this welcome new burst of grass growth. So, John, the outlook for cattle prices, potentially good, but still a long way to go. Certainly, Barry. And as we heard earlier, ICMSA in no doubt about the ability of factories to pay more for beef. The chairperson of the ICMSA's Livestock Committee, Mr Des Morrison, said that he has no doubt factories should be paying more than they are at present for cattle. He said the number of finished cattle will tighten going forward. As of 1st of May 2020, the number of male cattle over 12 months of age was 68,000 fewer than 1st of May 2019, and in the case of beef female cattle, 25,000 fewer. In total, this was 93,000 fewer cattle over 12 months of age for the rest of this year. Markets, he said, had recovered from a COVID-19 shock Demand was stronger now and supplies will be tighter for the rest of this year. He said that our major market, the UK, reports beef prices surging over the past few weeks due to increased retail demand with prices now 40 cents per kg or 150 euro estimated per head above Irish prices. Demand is increasing strongly at retail level in the UK and as the food services side reopens and starts going through the gears, there is strong reason for optimism. Mr Morrison said 
We have no doubt in the ICMSA that factory prices should go up substantially. Beef prices must be increased immediately, concluded Mr Morrison. Part of a statement there from Mr Des Morrison, ICMSA Livestock Committee Chairperson. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks, John. And in staying with the livestock sector, we'll hear shortly how the viability of March has been threatened by COVID-19 restrictions. IFA National Sheep Chair Sean Dennehy says the lamb trade strengthened over the past week with factories having to increase quotes and prices. The reality is that factories are not able to get lambs at lower quality prices and are having to pay a lot more. The reality is that factories are not able to get lambs at lower quoted prices and are having to pay a lot more. The IFA sheep farmers' leaders said the trade's also very strong in the marts, with good grass growth driving farmer demand. ICSA sheep chair Sean McNamara has called on the Minister for Agriculture Barry Cowan to address the issue of sheep imports as a matter of urgency. Figures show in any given year approximately half a million lambs are imported into the Republic of Ireland for slaughter. He asks if it's any wonder farmers have had a hard time selling their stock or getting a fair price. ICSA wants weekly reports on the number of lambs imported, full transparency around which markets these lambs are servicing, and an assurance that these lambs are not being sold as origin green lambs, as well as an outline of veterinary protocols and traceability requirements at the point of export before they come to the Irish meat factories. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Barry Cowan, has announced a once-off financial support scheme for a number of poultry flocks which have been impacted by an outbreak of low pathogenic avian flu this year. The particular strain of flu has had no food safety implications but does impact on flock productivity. Minister Cowan accepts the flock owners have taken the correct action in depopulating their flocks for the greater good of the sector. In the light of the significant economic impact, he's pleased to be able to provide some assistance towards the cost of depopulation which they've incurred. Affected flock owners will receive details of the scheme, including terms and conditions. The department's also looking to put in place risk management measures for the future. IFA Farm Business Chair Rosemary McDonough has called on the government to roll out the Future Growth Loan Scheme and the COVID Credit Guarantee Scheme. She says farmers need immediate access to flexible low-interest credit. The government needs to finalise the terms and conditions of these schemes and make them available to applicants. The FGLS is guaranteed by the European Union and intended for long-term investment purposes within SMEs. On the other hand, CCGS is aimed at SMEs that may have been negatively impacted by COVID-19 and requires legislation from the government, which will guarantee 80% of the loans under the scheme. Payment breaks on loans have temporarily alleviated the pressure on farmers, but it's expected that across all sectors, more will be needed to access low-cost credit in the weeks and months ahead. IFA is calling on the government to swiftly clarify the small print and to promptly make the funds available. Farm Talk on C103. ICOS is calling on the Minister for Agriculture, Barry Cowan, to consider as a matter of urgency a dedicated grant aid package for livestock marts, saying closure during COVID-19 restrictions has threatened the viability of marts across the country. The Irish Cooperative Organisation Society is also calling for a review of the two-metre social distancing restrictions imposed in Marts. To discuss these and other issues in the Marts sector, I'm joined by Ray Doyle, ICOS Marts Executive. I began by asking him how the Marts are coping now that business has resumed under the phase lifting of COVID-19 restrictions. Well, the the sector has been very resilient in the face of COVID-19, but the introduction of online trading um, has been uh, a, a welcome addition to uh, livestock marts, but it, it hasn't come without cost. 
and there's a serious cost to individual livestock marts in the uh, implementation of online trading, which I believe will be the uh, you know the future and the new normal of trading in livestock marts. But the costs associated with actually implementing that, putting that in place, both from a hardware point of view, the software point of view, but more importantly, the actual physical broadband connections, that is where the real costs now are mounting up for marts individually. And that's what I would like to see targeted by Minister Cowan, a, a grant aid package for online trading targeted for marts. Because there are government supports there, very broad brush government supports for businesses to get involved in online trading. But they're quite restrictive regarding turnover, etc. And most marts have very large turnovers or very, very low commissions because our turnover is, is actually technically not our money. Actually, not technically. Actually, not our money. It's clients' funds. But the actual uh, income generated by marts is only maybe one, one and a half percent of the total turnover. And that is the true income of the marts. And we need to target a grant aid package to reflect the fact that marts are, are a high turnover, extremely low margin business. But we have a rural good and a greater social uh, good to provide. Because, as you know, Barry, marts are located in most county towns, dispersed from Mallon to Mizzenhead and everywhere in between. And they were, they were and hopefully will be again the focal point of rural Ireland. The days, unfortunately, are gone where you see rings jam-packed with people, but maybe only 15 or 10% of the people actually trading. The other people are there for the social part of it. That piece, I'm afraid, has gone from the marts and hopefully will return. When that fully returns, uh, we don't really know. I suppose that's a, that's a big global picture with COVID-19. But when it does return, we'd like the marts to be there because this uh, pandemic has, has greatly impacted balance sheets in individual marts, and we will need government support to retain the mart in, in rural Ireland for, as I've said, to maintain the centre for when business does get back and life gets back to normal to what the mart once and always was. And what are the, the mart operators telling you, Ray, about the way they have to operate under the guidelines and restrictions they have to operate on at the moment? How difficult is that for them? It's very difficult at the moment because it, with the loosening of the, the, uh, the national restrictions, we now have the situation where mart canteens, and in most marts throughout the country, not all, but in most marts throughout the country now, the canteens have been leased out to private operators. So now they technically have leased the premises of the canteen within the overall mark premises. They are now reopening as per the government guidelines. And you can legally sit only a metre distance between other people uh, for a period of 90 minutes while you're consuming food, etc. But now you have the situation a farmer can be in the mark centre uh, having a meal or, or a tea and a sandwich at a metre distance, but then is forced into a two metre distancing when they go out to try and purchase uh, some, some livestock. And we just need a consistency of approach here because even within ICOS members itself, some members are saying, listen, two metres is, is hard enough to maintain. If we move back to one metre, it would be very difficult to actually maintain because people will probably ignore one metre distancing when they don't two. So we have a bit of a mixed uh, uh, re- reflection on this even within ICOS itself. But on balance, most people see the anomaly here that we need to move back to one metre uh, for lots of reasons. A, for consistency, but B... We're, we're moving now through the summer back to the back end of the year when, again, uh, the, the second peak of sales that occurs for livestock marts occur, uh, mar- occurs in the autumn period and we will have much, much more potential purchasers and sellers of livestock. We will need more space to uh, accommodate the amount of buyers and sellers and we need it, I suppose, to move, move to one metre sooner rather than later to reflect that. But 
as I said, and as some of the managers have said, this will not be without its challenges as well. It's difficult at two metres. It's more difficult, I suppose, to, to, to ensure people respect the one metre. But then again, I suppose this is a national issue and it's up to individual people to actually maintain the distance themselves rather than the mark management having to enforce it with the big stick, for want of a better phrase. And of course, we are expecting a stimulus package for the greater economy, Ray. What would you like to see in there for the MART sector? I would like, uh, I'd like to see a targeted uh, MART uh, dedicated uh, grant aid scheme for the implementation of, of online trading in particular. And perhaps a, a, a subsidy or, or, or a greater realisation that rates in MART centres need to be looked at differently to other businesses. I've said just a little earlier there, most of our turnover is, 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 is technically clients' funds. We have very large turnover very low margin. We tend to be only open one, maybe two days a week, but yet our rates bills are, are cited with us as if we're open seven days a week. So some legislative change to, 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 to rates to be able to be uh, levied on the amount of days you have open rather than assuming you're going to be open seven days a week needs to come in, I believe, for Livestock Mars to be able to continue in, in small rural towns. Ray Doyle, ICOS Mart Executive. Rising in issue number three of the Dairy Gold magazine, Trust in Tillage, Miss Tricia Hayes, Dairy Gold Agribusiness, compares the harvest of 2019 with likely prospects for this year, 2020. Tricia Hayes points out that Dairy Gold in 2019 recorded a grain intake of 110,000 tonnes, with winter barley recording the highest intake levels, followed by spring barley. She comments it's looking likely that this figure will be reversed in 2020. In 2019, the quality of the crop was generally very good, with most malting crops making the grade with average moistures of 19% of good quality low-protein grain. The overall quality of grain in 2019 was quite good. Despite heavy rainfall at times, moisture levels were reasonable, with all crops seeming to have held well for most of the dairy gold suppliers. Despite concerns raised over the impact of COVID-19 on breweries and distilleries, dairy gold has committed to purchasing all the contracted tonnage of malting barley from its growers for the 2020 harvest. In 2020, the crop areas see a significant change in the areas under winter crops, Winter barley has an estimated projected change of minus 40% on 2019, winter wheat a minus 42% estimated area decrease, and winter oats see an estimated area decrease of over minus 45%. Spring wheat is the big winner, with an estimated area increase of plus 270% on 2019, followed by spring oats and spring barley at plus 110%, and plus 55% respectively. Beans have also come out strong with a 22% estimated increase in the dairy gold area on 2019 plantings, with beet and maize in the minus figures of minus 10% and minus 5% respectively, due to large carryover of winter forage stocks. And that's part of an article written in issue number three of the Dairy Gold magazine Trust and Tillage by Miss Tricia Hayes of Dairy Gold Agribusiness. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We continue this week's Farm Talk with a review of the Cork Virtual Summer Show 2020, which was held online last weekend due to COVID-19. Organised by the Munster Agricultural Society, the Cork Summer Show has been running in one form or another for over 200 years, since 1806. But this was the first ever virtual show. Gerard Murphy is chair of the Munster Agricultural Society. And at the end of the virtual show, which went live online over two days last weekend, he gave an upbeat report on the events which had unfolded. We've been challenged to run a virtual show with the live show next year by the nice. T-shirt. So we're going to take up that challenge. I guess one thing that we haven't, that the show didn't really progress massively on, it took in the people and the community, but we didn't get a lot of interest on the progeny side of the horses and cattle, which is a big part of the show and it's a big part of the Irish economy in uh, the grading of horses and the grading of cattle and the grading of sheep. We had a certain amount of it, but I would hope next year that whether it is virtual or in real scenario, we get more into it because I think that's a very big part of the Irish agricultural industry that we have a standard in the sports horse section, in our Irish drafts, our Connemaras, down to our Kerry Bog Pony, our general utility horses, and also in the cattle and all the breeds, the beef sections and the dairy sections need to be developed on. It's very important that we continue the grading and standards which are set out. Um, I know we don't have championships this year across the country, but at the same time, we still have to strive towards setting up those breeds. From a local participation point of view, we got some very good entries and good classes as much as we've had on local ground. Interesting how we got um, national visitors or national entries because it was virtual. And we got the nat those entries from all over the 32 counties. So thank you to those in Donegal, Northern Ireland, Leinster, Connacht. But, you know, they all came on board They supported us. Thank you especially to our overseas entrants from New Zealand. I'm aware there were some other countries talking about making entries. They didn't come through in the end, but next year, if we're running a virtual as well as a real a live show, we may have some of those entries coming through to us. 
And that was Gerard Murphy speaking at the end of the live broadcast for the virtual Monster Agricultural Society Cork Summer Show last weekend. Well, Gerard joins us again on Farm Talk as we promised to discuss some more around the concept of a virtual show, which in the case of the Cork Summer Show was a first with a totally live presentation. So I asked Gerard how it was received. Well, the feedback is very interesting in that we normally will get somebody giving out about something about the physical show. I have nobody actually giving out about the virtual show. Uh, we had constant viewing on the website. Numbers were low, but it was, it was there constantly. We transmitted for, I think, 11 hours over the two days, uh, which is fairly intense. And uh, I know that some of the Facebook, uh, uh, one of the Facebook viewings on, I think, the Sunday evening after the show had 43,000 viewers which was a phenomenal attendance because it was unusual. We're the only a virtual show using photography and video, but also actually bringing it live into the World Wide Web of Facebook and website streaming. So we're the only one that actually tried it in a live situation. Everybody else is doing it as pre-recorded and they're running it out as if it was a documentary. We took the challenge to go live because we said there'd be more human interaction on it. And people were more interested in it. Like we had text messages and WhatsApp messages coming in from, there was a few entrants in New Zealand saying, you know, what time will our results be announced? Because there was anticipation. Uh, We got entries from right up as far as uh, Northern Ireland, which would not normally uh, um, have come in if they had to travel. So there was a, it was a worldwide Uh, impact of visibility which people would not normally see like the physical show takes place out in the showgrounds in Corraheen but it's not transmitted anywhere you know if you want to see it you have to go there or maybe somebody will do a drone shot at some stage during it or some photographs and you see that afterwards but nobody actually ever sees the event live it's not televised live we don't we haven't done that here now you have some of the horse shows around the world transmitted live and that kind of thing different ball game this was focused on competition of people and individuals, whether it was the child with their pet dog or it was a floral artist who had spent two or three hours preparing their exhibit or maybe 30 hours preparing their exhibit and then photographing it and documenting it and putting it in. We would change certain things, how we ran it, in relation to we would probably bring more photography and more video into it. We would actually look at how we managed our data. We we know we could have managed our data better from what we learned. The data transportation was causing us blackages, our blackouts. So we know we had that problem. But we, we have studied that for the last three days. We have a solution worked around on that, we think. And that is improving all the time anyway. So by the time next June comes, data will have improved and we have a workaround on it. Do you think that you'd be putting a big emphasis next year on the virtual alongside uh, the, the real show, which we expect will happen, you have been thrown a challenge by the Taoiseach Mion Martin to run one alongside the real show. So do you think that you'll be doing that? And, and would there be a big emphasis on that side of the whole presentation? I think the virtual show has a gap. There, there is a gap for a virtual show there for those that would not normally get to a physical show. Right, you would still encourage people to come to the physical show and exhibit at the physical show, but like for the exhibitors from overseas and those who want to enter from the like, look, the Irish are everywhere. I don't think you can name a country where there's not an Irish person today. 
right? So not only the Irish, but other nationalities, like Ireland is multicultural, multinational at this stage, and as a result of that, it has multicultural and multinational connections all over the planet. And to allow people to participate in the show and truly make it a, not only a, a, a regional show or a national show here in Ireland, you're making it an international show by allowing those people to come in on a virtual platform. No, you would not compete the virtual class against the physical class. They would be separate classes. But you would have a physical class and you'd have a virtual class and you'd have physical judging and virtual judging. So you're nearly running two shows in parallel at that stage in the competition side. And from the public viewing point of view, well, we still expect to get the large numbers out to the showgrounds for the two-day event because people like physical interaction. We we can see that with the problems we're having with COVID-19 now in the beaches in the UK and some of the beaches in Ireland, that kind of stuff. People are interacting when maybe they shouldn't be getting so close. But hopefully next June, we can all get back up and close together again. So you run that side. But there is a massive business in running the virtual, as as near as possible with the errors and the problems of real life rather than we, we will not go down the road of pre-recording everything and issuing it as a documentary. We'll take up the Taoiseach's challenge. Uh, it's probably one of the first challenges he's thrown out since he's taken on the post of Taoiseach. And he would nail the lads here in Cork to do that. But we will do it. And of course, you have a platform now as well for getting your message out. People expect you to be there in front of camera, if you like, letting them know how progress is being made and what you're doing, planning ahead for 12 months' time. We've already had discussions on on how how we could improve our our presentation on the camera site. Um, and the bulk of the problem has actually been in data movement and the methodologies that we, we, we took to do the job. And we have there is an outline plan at this stage of how to improve it, even if the data systems did not improve, how we could actually improve the presentation using existing data capabilities. Um, and that was, that, was our, that was one of our biggest challenges was data capabilities because we did get things slowed down depending on traffic in the region. Whether, like we were broadcasting from Bishopstown and Cork from the office of Bishopstown and Cork, but our IT support was actually up in Tullamore County Opoly. And we were transmitting files from Tullamore to Cork and Cork to Tullamore and then onto the web. And the whole thing, there were too many, there was too much, too many variables within the data. And by bringing the whole thing to Cork next year for the control center and the studio operating out of Cork, we believe we can solve that problem. And people have got into it now. There was great fun on it. There is one competition which actually did not get its results out yet. And that's the agri-innovation. And that was because we ran into problems with the interviews for the candidates and they weren't completed by the person doing the judging. We, we actually have one competition yet to release the results, <laughs> despite okay. everything that's happened, you know. All right. But the message would have to be looking forward to seeing you all again in person, as it were, on site next summer. Absolutely. Third Sunday in June is our date and the corresponding Saturday. We would hopefully, please God, be on site next June and hopefully running a parallel show, maybe on the same date, maybe the week afterwards, depending on how we do with resources, etc. You've got to remember, the Munster Agricultural Society is actually a voluntary body. We do have some contractors coming and helping us, but anybody involved on the directors or committees, that's all voluntary. Gerard Murphy, Chairman of the Munster Agricultural Society.
€40,000 has been awarded to an Irish environmental initiative group. Minister Pippa Hackett, Minister of State in the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, with responsibility for land use and biodiversity, has welcomed the international recognition achieved by the Irish Farming for Nature initiative amongst its international peers. The Farming for Nature initiative, developed by Burren Bio, in 2018, aims to help acknowledge and support farmers who farm or who wish to farm in a way which improves the natural health of the countryside. A global search was recently completed to find innovators capable of bringing key players together who preserve and restore biodiversity. The Farming for Nature initiative highlights the positive roles farmers play in looking after nature on their land and they narrowly missed out on claiming the top prize, finishing in second place in Vitell and Ashoka's Act for Biodiversity Challenge. More than 200 projects were evaluated in this challenge. The judges of the competition offered high praise for Farming for Nature, the Irish group, for making an impactful and innovative contribution, noting that the Farming for Nature, which is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, along with the Irish National Parks and Wildlife Service, NPWS, is delivering change amongst farmers who care for nature. Farming for Nature will be awarded €40,000 and it will also have access to an accelerator programme with the view of sharing what's worked out so well here in Ireland with other European countries. Minister Pippa Hackett praised Farming for Nature saying she congratulated Farming for Nature on receiving this highly prestigious award. The Farming for Nature initiative deserves great recognition, she said, for its fantastic work in improving farmland biodiversity here in Ireland through supporting farming practices and by identifying, promoting and assisting farmers who improve farmland biodiversity. She was delighted to be providing financial resources along with the NPWS to the Farming for Nature initiative. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk advisory. Anya O'Reardon is a Tagusk B&T advisor based in McCroom. I began this week's topic by asking Anya about what farmers have to do to comply with the BEAM scheme. The BEAM scheme is the exceptional aid measures um, application which was open like this time last year. Um, it's an unusual scheme in that farmers receive the money and it's now they have to meet the requirements. Um, the first, the, the main requirement there is to reduce the kilos of organic nitrogen produced on the farm by 5%. And the reduction in that stocking rate is over a 12-month period. And it's just started now on the 1st of July. So it's from 12 months now from the 1st of July 2020 to the 30th of June uh, 21 that you have to reduce your stocking rate by 5%. We have a calculator there available um, where we just put in the stocking stock numbers that you have at the moment and kind of what's your plan for the next 12 months. And that will show us how you're fixed and will you meet that 5% reduction. And like the reason why I'm bringing it up is now is the time to reduce your stock numbers if you are re- required to if you think you won't meet the 5% reduction because obviously if, if you if you can make changes over 12 months, it's a lot easier than having to make realise, you know, at the end of the year that 
you have too much stock and then you'll need to get rid of double that amount, you know. So now is the time to have a look at it, contact your advisor and go through that with you. Now, stock numbers will vary during the year, so we may need to look at the calculator, you know, again uh, a few times just to make sure you're you're on target for that. But, like, the, the money will be clawed back if you don't meet that, that document reduction, so it's just important to try and meet that if you can. And the beep weighing scheme is also underway on you. What do farmers need to do for this? Yeah, so the, the beep weighing scheme is where you weigh the suckler cows and calves. Um, now, they need to be weighed um, while the, the calves are still sucking the cow and they need to be weighed sometime before the 1st of November. One thing to watch is just that autumn-born calves might be weaned soon if they're not already weaned. So you need to weigh them before weaning in order to get payment for that. Then the, there was extras, optional extras that you could have picked with the beef weighing scheme. Uh, meal feeding or vaccinating were one option that you chose between. And then an additional option was the fecal egg sampling. So the most popular option between the meal feeding and the vaccinating was the meal feeding. So a lot of farmers are meal feeding now at this stage. So the requirement is to to feed meals four weeks before weaning and two weeks after weaning. And it's important to, to keep receipts for the meals to prove if you did get an inspection that that you did feed them the meals. And as I said, they need to be still sucking the cow when they're weighed and it's important to submit those weights as well. What are the advantages in weighing beef stock? There's many advantages in, in weighing the beef stock. I suppose the, the first thing is that weighing um, was brought in for, for that beef scheme, it might be the first time that a lot of farmers have weighed their stock. Um, but weighing really is an essential management tool. Beef farmers are selling kilos of beef, whether that's dead weight or, or live weight. So it's important that you're monitoring what you're performing. Look, the main advantage there is to monitor the average daily gain of the stock. So um, the target is to produce one kilo of live weight per day. And, you know, once you put your the ICDF them, they will come back to you with an average daily gain. So it's good to see what calves are performing well. And it's good to see what cows are producing the best calves. You can help make management decisions when you're deciding, you know, on, on what cows to call and, and that. Um just with the recent times as well, a few clients I've been talking to have been selling stock from home rather than going to the mart in, in the year that's in it. Um, so it was handy for those farmers to have their weight, their recent weight of their weanlings um, to, to know, you know, what to charge um, for the, the animals. So it's just good to have your, your up-to-date weight on that. Also, like when you're doing jobs like dosing or, or treating cattle for disease, you know, it's, it's important that you'd have an accurate weight so that you can dose accordingly. You know, you don't want to be under dosing because that can lead to resistance. So if you have an accurate weight, that'll help um, accurate dosing. And, you know, ICBF produced a, a weighing report for all farmers that weighed once they've weighed. So, it's important to have a look at that as well and just to set your figures and, you know, to make use of that as well. And why should farmers feed meal to their weanlings? The meal feeding, as I said, was an option for the, the beef weaning scheme. And the meal feeding, it 
make up for um, maybe poor grass quality going into the autumn. And, you know, it, it makes the calves less dependent on their mothers. The cows will start to reduce in, in yield um, as the year goes on. So um, by feeding meals, creep feeding, it just helps support the calf as well. And when it comes to weaning the calf, there's a lot less stress on the calf if they're, you know, on meals as well. It makes them more saleable if, if you can sell your weanlings as, you know, weaned and eating meals. Because there is issues with weanlings if they're sold straight from the cow. You know, they are a lot more stressed and can have higher risk of pneumonia and that because of it. So, you know, it's, it's good practice. And with the meal feeding option for the beep scheme, it's you want to feed a kilo per day so it's four weeks before weaning and two weeks after weaning so a kilo per day there is what's required and what do farmers need to consider in terms of the health of suckler cows at the moment just like as i think some autumn calves might be weaned at this stage or they will be weaned soon so um those dry cows it's just important there to watch for summer mastitis this time of the year um so summer mastitis is caused by flies um, landing on the, the teeth. So it's important there to use a, a poron to prevent flies and like check for symptoms. You know, it's swollen, hard, red quarters. And, and it's important as well to check cows um, at least once a day and, and dry cows for summer mastitis. And also, I suppose, as temperatures are, are a bit cooler and there has been rain and there's a, an increase in grass growth. It can be an issue with grass tetany with lactating cows at the moment. So just to watch for that, it's a lack of magnesium. They're not able to take up enough magnesium in the, the grass. So supply magnesium in another way in form of lick buckets or boluses or to the water, you know, whatever way you do it. But it is, it can, with current conditions, it can be a risk as well. And so, Anya, we've come to the conclusion of Virtual Beef Week. We heard about it on last week's programme. There was a whole range of topics there discussed Monday through Friday. How successful an event was that? There was a lot of posts and um, a lot of videos produced. And, you know, they're up on the system now. So, like, you mightn't have got around to looking at them. So... You can go back on the Chagas website and all the, the live webinars and, and the talks will be available there to look at. So uh, there's a lot of information given during the week, probably too much to process at once. So, you know, those are available on the Chagas website under the Virtual Beef Week. And just on our local, we have a local Chagas Carquest Facebook and Twitter page as well. And we post up regular videos and posts as well. So we have our own advisors featuring in videos as well that we produce locally. So just to, to tune into that and have a look at our page as well, the Chagas Carquest Facebook page. Anya O'Reilly and Chagas B&T advisor based in McCroom. IFA President Tim Cullinan has held his first meeting with the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Barry Cowan. Mr Cullinan said it was a constructive engagement with Minister Cowan, along with Minister of State Pippa Hackett and Martin Hayden. The key issue for the IFA is the next cap budget and the importance of defending farm incomes through Pillar 1 was emphasised. It was also made clear to Minister Cowan that Taoiseach Michal Martin must push for more funding at his first EU Council meeting next week. Minister Cowan acknowledged the case being made and committed to continue to fight for increased funding. The IFA delegation also raised the €50 million fund for beef finishers 
and the need to have the funds released immediately and without unnecessary conditions or red tape. On Tuesday, 7th of July 2020, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Barry Cowan TD, spoke via video conference with the European Commissioner for Trade, Mr Phil Hogan, and spoke via telephone conference call with his Northern Ireland counterpart, Minister for Agriculture, Environment and Rural Affairs, Mr Edmund Poots, MLA. The discussions took place as part of a range of engagements by Minister Cowan with key interlocutors since taking office. The Minister was joined by his colleagues, Minister of State Senator Pippa Hackett and Martin Hayden TD. Speaking after the conclusion of these engagements, Minister Khan said he had been very glad to have the opportunity to establish contact with Commissioner Hogan and with Minister Poots. Brexit, he emphasised, of course, a common theme of both discussions. And he had a very useful exchange with Commissioner Hogan on the current state of play in EU-UK negotiations and also took the opportunity to repeat Ireland's agri-food and fisheries concerns, including in relation to the potential economic impact of post-20 December 2020 developments regardless of the outcome of current negotiations. Similarly, he said, his conversation with Minister Poots had been very constructive and covered north-south trading arrangements post-Brexit, implementation of the Ireland-Northern Ireland Protocol and prospects for the wider EU-UK discussions on the future relationship. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Farm Talk on C103. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.